This is HPR episode 2637 entitled, Convert it to text. It is posted by BEZ and is about 16 minutes long, and carries a clean flag. The summary is, this episode will make you want to TXT all the things. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello, Hacker Public Radio fans. This is Be Easy once again, bringing you another episode. This time I'm going to talk about a subject that's near and dear to my heart. But before I get there, I want to just say that I am recording this on a new microphone that I got on Amazon that was on sale with a, a kit that had a whole bunch of uh, stuff. It has a, uh, it's an Audio-Technica ATR2100 USB has uh, both a USB and an ATR connection um, or XLR connection. And it also came with a second XLR connection and um, anti-popping screen for like $70. So um, I don't know why it was like that, but I got it. Um, and my wife is gave me a little side eye when I got it because it's completely... Uh, unnecessary, but <laughs> I couldn't let the deal pass me up. Anyway, let's get to the episode. So this episode, I'm talking about converting it to text. Whatever it is, convert it to text. And there, you might wonder why would you want text? We have spent the last, I don't know, 20, 30 years of computer science making all these different formats of uh, being able, and being able to, to see and visualize information in different ways, why would you want it in text, in plain text? And I have a, a couple of reasons. The The main reasons are for portability. Uh, they, we already know that Microsoft has changed their standard for from Doc to DocX, and they've changed DocX several different times. And ODS is a good standard, um, but, you know, it's not portable to everywhere because not everyone supports it. But every pretty much any uh, anything that is com- it, it, at all text based has some type of ASCII characters uh, associated with it. Um, it's also very useful to use text with the basic Unix toolset uh, because Unix philosophy of using everything as a file and being plain text means that you can t- chain tools together and make really interesting and com- complex uh, systems out of su- very simple technologies underneath. And another reason, and the main reason that I'm going to focus on right now is because uh, because of what you can do in the, with the Unix t- tools, there are tools that are built on top of those tools for visualizing things. My favorite one of which is called Ranger. And Ranger is a 
from their website, which is on savannah.nanganu.org. It is a free console file manager, which is what I use it for. It's a console file manager that gives you greater flexibility and a good overview of your files without having to leave your next console. It visualizes the directory tree in two dimensions, the directory hierarchy in one, lists the files in an, on another with a preview to the right so that you know where you'll be going. And so the idea is that the entire file system appears in three panes. And those three panes, like, like it describes, the first pane is um, your, the context of where you've been. The middle pane is where you are. And to the right is either where you are going if you, if you go into the next level of the tree or a preview of the file that you're on. So if, if what you're currently selecting is a file, it's a preview of the file. And if it is a uh, directory, then it's a list of what is in that directory. And so usually you're, um, you would think it would be limited to just being able to look at plain text files. And I, maybe I'll include a, a screenshot of what it looks like. You just have to see it to believe it. You can go through your entire file system and see what every file has in it pretty much without ever having to open up a, a GUI file manager and then having to double click on the file and waiting for whatever usual software it takes to load and look at that file. It's just, it's just really amazing. And then you can always cl uh, click over or enter one more time and actually edit that file or open it in its uh, native uh, open uh, uh, session manager opening uh, widget. I think it uses XDG open to open things. So let me just talk about what I, how I use it. So the, the biggest draw for me, the functionality that is really powerful is the scope functionality. And it's all locked up in a file called scope.sh, which is just bash. And it's in your home slash dot config dot ranger dot scope. And it comes out of the box with a bunch of different things. If you read the documentation, it has a bunch of different things. That if you in install uh, additional uh, documents, uh, additional programs, it works uh, natively. But you can since all it really takes is to be able the the ability to be able to take whatever file and convert it to text and to output that text as a dump, like a, a dump to SDD in. If if you have that ability, no matter what you use besides what they have given you out of the box, you can build upon those scopes. And like I said, the scope is basically a, a big switch statement based on either file extension or MIME type. And if it's a MIME type of text, it'll try to use, if you have the, the program called Highlight installed, it'll try to do highlighting of that file based on the file extension. So if it's a .pl file, it'll do Perl highlighting. If it's a .py file, it'll do Python. If it's .sh, it'll do Bash. So just for that reason, it's amazing. But if you say you don't deal with those types of files all the time, maybe you deal with, you have tar files and zip files. Well, if you install a tool, a tool standing for archive tool, that will make it so that it will automatically preview the contents inside of a zip file. So you, without having to open the zip file or the tar file, you'll be able to see it. Or if you're like me and you like, you do like to have plain text files, but they're really big and you gzip them, it'll, it'll gunzip them and put them in, in standard in. 
um, right on the screen for you. If you have another tool called Poplar Utils installed, any PDF that you go over, if it's text inside of it, not a scanned image, but if it's text inside of it, it'll do PDF to text and put text on, on the screen for you so you can read the, the contents of PDF files. If you have Kaka Utils inst- installed, uh, it can do one of two things. It can either do ASCII art of any images that you have, which is pretty cool just to see it do ASCII art of uh, whatever files you have. But for certain uh, window environments and, and terminals, it'll also do um, the actual picture in your terminal. So it doesn't work on GNOME, but it works on um, it works on Mate, it works on LXD. If you have um, so I think I think it's the limitation of uh, of Mutter, and even if I do it on Mate, if I if I use um, if I use a fancy uh, like if I use Compiz, I don't think it works. But if you use Marco or you don't use any compositing and you use the the built-in Mate uh, terminal, you can actually see the pictures, uh, which is pretty cool. And if you don't have that, it'll still show you ASCII art. And there's a so and then media info. It's another thing that if you have Anything that's a media file, it'll use media info to look at things like the size, the the uh, encoding type for the audio and for the video. So, and and then for HTML files, it you, it'll either use links or W3M or eLinks to preview that file in plain text because those are plain text on web browsers. So that's out of the box. But like I said, I've added a couple other things. Uh, and I'll include my scope.sh in in uh, the show notes as well. But the things that I've added, and maybe you just want to use these tools separately because they're useful tools. Uh, there's one called CatDoc, and CatDoc will turn any .doc or .xls file to either um, to either .txt or .csv, which is very useful. There's cat PPT, which will turn any PowerPoint presentation into text. There's ODT to TXT, which will turn ODT files. There's ODS to TSV, which will turn ODS files to, to tab delimited files. And then for the newer file systems, um, the newer extensions for um, and file formats for Microsoft Office products, there's DOCX to TXT and XLSX to CSV, which will turn those file types into um, text and and CSV files, which, um, you know, and those, you know, those types of files are pretty much, I don't know, maybe 98% of all the files, maybe 99% of all the files I've ever opened ever are either plain text or one of those types of files. And so in the little bit of time where it's not those files, I'll just, you know, have to open them. But for the most part, I can't even. I can't stand opening a, a GUI-based file manager because it takes too long to find anything, and it also has a you know the ability to to bookmark items, and then it has Vim key bindings, so that you can go up, down, left, right, as in in the Vim style. But it also has Vim style marks, so that you can mark a file and then go to a different place and then come back to that mark. It also allows you to do tab browsing, so you can go open up a tab, and you can highlight multiple items by clicking the space bar and do DD, which is delete, but it's really cut. And then you go to the another place and put, and type PP, and it'll paste it. 
So, or if you go YY and PP, it'll do yank and, and paste like Vim bindings do. Oh my goodness. If, so you just have to try it. If you were into con- doing things on the console, you, you really just have to try Ranger. I introduced it to uh, someone at scale two years ago and it, the, the look on the guy's face when he started playing with it was just amazing. And it was, it was really great to be able to bring that to someone. Um, so that uh, that's the the bulk of my uh, episode, but I wanted to bring a couple of bonus tools that I, I use to, to process text. So along with tools like awk and sed, which I use all the time, uh, and things like diff and, and vimdiff and things like that that I use all the time, Two, three other tools that are very useful for you for messing with semi-structured data. And I'm not going to go into what semi-structured data means, but the idea is things that kind of have a structure, but are not a relational database type deal. So those three items are XML Starlet, JQ, and Q. I think there has been an episode on episode uh, on XML Starlet before, which is a way to parse XML files. And... That's very useful. So you can do things like uh, select specific tags and look for specific values and all types of fun things with XML. So if on the limited occasions where I have to deal with XML, it's been very helpful. Um, JQ is stands for JSON query, and it is similar. It was influenced by XML Starlet, but it works on JSON files. And that is something I, I do work with uh, pretty often. So it has a, it doesn't use XPath, but it uses a similar type uh, formatting to, for querying JSON files. And so you can look for a specific value. You can look for array types. You can do all types of things. And there's a lot of functionality that I don't even use. And, and I, um, so it's a pretty broad tool, but it's, it's very powerful. And I've only really scratched the surface. And then another one that I really like it's called Q. And although I do like to use said and awk, when I found Q, it was very difficult. It, it just makes it so the times I have to use uh, awk, especially a lot fewer, because Q is gives you the ability to write SQL against CSV files or any, any type of uh, delimited file. So if you have a file like... Uh, I don't know, grocery list.csv or, or, or grocery spending.csv, you can do a queue with some options to make sure that you have the headers and the separators right. And then do inside of uh, double quotes, select some price from, or select uh, item group, uh, item type, comma, some price from the name of that CSV file grouped by uh, the category and it will parse the CSV file and it's very fast. So um, that's the other thing I like about working with plain text is that uh, until you get into the uh, uh, really above, I've actually used Q just recently to do some aggregation functions on a file that was, uh, a, a megabyte and it was like instantaneous. I've used it on files that were um, up to 10 megabytes and it still basically has no lag on a regular i5 processor, um, laptop processor. 
I haven't really tested it on anything really big, but for our, my the majority of my needs, I will just use Q. And if a if it's any bigger, if the files are any bigger than that, I've been trying to move them out of CSV and trying to move them to HDF5 when possible because binary formats load a lot faster and a lot of uh, the data science um, programs that I write nowadays. But for the small things, Q does great. Like just for doing data quality on the, on a file that someone sends me, I'll do I'll look for distinct values on on a common that's supposed to only have a couple of values, and and you know I'll look for missing values. I'll look for the length of different um, things. I'll see if there's bad characters in there. So if if I do, it's supposed to only it's supposed to be comma delimited, and there's commas inside of the values. It'll expose all that kind of stuff. So. I can't say enough about Q. Um, but that being said, uh, I hope you found this episode interesting. And like I said in the show notes, I'm going to at least put a, a snippet from my uh, scope. If you want to see the, the entire thing, just uh, put it in the comments. And I encourage you to check out Ranger and all these, uh, if, if not that, at least some of these tools that will turn text turn different uh, file types into text. So you've been listening to Hacker Public Radio. And as I say, keep hacking. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.